0: Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than Brilliant Branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding, with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra.
1: Well, hello and welcome, everyone, to yet another edition of Brilliant Branding. I have Liz with me. Liz, hello. how are you doing this morning?
2: Doing very well. Yes, very excited to be here.
1: We're excited to be here. We're kind of um, for those of you who listen to the future. We're in the future, we're uh, facing a we're staring down a storm, I guess, this yes, week. Yes,
2: we <laughs> yes we are. Yes, up in the mountains.
1: Up in the mountains. Uh, a lot of wind coming our way from some of these uh, aftermath of some of the hurricanes coming our way, which speaks to our topic today which is uh, building the basic components of a strong brand identity. And just as you see in all of the storm coverage, uh, how important it is to have a strong foundation and to create the kind of structure that can withstand, um, our brands, our businesses go through turbulent times. Mm-hmm. They go through ups and downs. They change, uh, markets gyrate and to create a successful, strong brand, you have to put in components, the pillars, Um, That can help you Succeed and go through those times and come out the other end and you see the biggest brands in the world go through this Um, Years ago, Tylenol had a scare where some of their their pills were tampered with Um, Toyota had an issue with their acceleration and so every brand even brands that are known for being very integral and strong go through challenges and so what is it that you need as you build your company to be that kind of company that can take a hit Um, go through something and and emerge on the other side successfully. So today we've highlighted if you're starting up your startup, or if you want to kind of take inventory of your existing company, what we consider five key components or crucial elements you want in your toolkit, um, if you're going to create a successful company brand identity Mm -hmm. and doing this, I almost want to set the stage, Liz, because a lot of times when people come to us and they come to us largely for the naming, um, they come in with, I think, too high of an expectation on that name. Right. They want that name to sing, tap dance, you know, do yoga, give them a massage, inform, educate. And it's it's just unrealistic. Right. And, that okay. is, and the name, as we talked about in previous shows, the name itself is not the totality of your brand.
2: Yeah. So what exactly is, you know what does the name
1: do? What does the name do? And what is, what what is is, the
2: role? What role does it play in your company and when you're creating it?
1: And what is the proper role so that you don't, you don't lean on it too much and cause it to almost break under the stress. And we don't want that to happen. So that's why we're here. Exactly. So the company (laughs) name, let's talk about the basic role of what a company brand name should do. And that's one of our, that's the first of our five. Uh, the company brand name, we really consider like your Manhattan real estate that in your brand arsenal, that is the most valuable component. Um, if you don't get the brand right, you have to make a lot of other adjustments. You have to work really hard in advertising, you have to overspend, you have to inform and correct and educate. So you want to get the initial company name right. And a lot of times I compare it to again, that foundation and it's like laying the initial cornerstone. You want to set that cornerstone and you want to align it so that once you're done, the sun is rising in the right place, you get the view you want. Exactly. You know, you're not just throwing it down, building it and going, Holy crap. You know, I'm looking into the woods and I've got mold on one side of my house.
2: Right. No, you got those granite countertops, yeah, steel appliances. You got it all.
1: You got it all, but you're facing the wrong direction. (laughs) You're facing your neighbor's fence and their dogs so you don't want that you want your porch to look out on the sunset and so you want your brand positioned correctly well how do you do that how do you do that with a company name it all starts and if you'll go back to one of our previous episodes last week or the week before we talked about your your pivot point yeah that alignment of your company brand name needs to be in step or aligned with your core value preposition not your product not your service not the first thing that you sold when you started your company But what is it that you do uniquely, differently, especially the thing that you brag about, the people? The reason your best customers brag on you, Mm -hmm. what is it that you do? And if you align more with your attributes and how you do business, then you can create a timeless brand that's got that foundation we talked about that can kind of handle the weather. So we call it the cornerstone of your brand. And everything after the name aligns with it. And if you do it right, if you do it correctly, if you do it brilliantly, And with clarity and the rest of it kind of starts falling in place. You've actually got something to line it up. How does this line up with our, with our brand name? Does this make sense? Right. I've got a great quote from John Stewart, the former Quaker Oats chairman. He said this about the brand. If this business talking about his business were to split up, I would be glad to take the brands trademarks and goodwill. And you could have all the bricks and the mortar And I would fare better than you. And I think that's a very telling quote. And in it, it says that when you've built the intangibles of trust, confidence, reliability, whatever those attributes that are associated with your brand that come with that brand identity, Mm -hmm. uh, those things are what what, um, we call brand equity. And just like there's equity in your home, you pay your home down, and now your home's got more value in it than you owe your brand begins to create equity. And that's that intangible um, it factor, which allows you to charge greater margin. You're not a commodity and you can start getting more money, more bang for the buck. Brand equity, it's a banking term, but it's very apropos. Mm -hmm. So as we get into this, and Liz and I are constantly at work and meetings and going through the exercise of naming a branded company, when it comes to the name, There's kind of a sense of desperation, isn't there, of what if people don't get it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like, oh, they're not, no one's ever going to be able to say that name.
1: Yeah, they won't be able to say it. I don't, they they won't be able to get it. So there's kind of a push to go, well, we've got to do something that gets to the point right away. I think we mentioned this in the previous show, but it's like saying, I'm so afraid I can't ride this bike that to be safe, I'm going to ride it in first gear. (laughs) I won't tip over. I'll be safe. So you get in first gear and sure enough, you were successful. You launched your company Mm -hmm. and you're, you're going and people get you. Your name is so literal, so functional, so descriptive that people get what you do. But then, when you go, you know. Now I want to start moving ahead. I want to be differentiated. I want people to know us above everybody else. Mm-hmm. But you sound so pedestrian, yes, so commonplace, yeah. so undifferentiated that when you go to go to second, third year, there is no. You've got a single speed bike, <laughs> and you're about <laughs> to hit a hill.
2: Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why people. So when we look at uh, naming, one of the most foundational things you can do is create a name that aligns with your attributes and avoids the trap of using descriptive language. Um, And the reason you can do that is when you're creating the name in your mind, you're in kind of virtual no man's land. You're just thinking of a name. But in reality, your business will be located somewhere. Right. It'll be in context. It'll be on a street corner. If you're a restaurant, you'll be with other restaurants. If you're a car dealer. You'll be on car dealer row. Um, right. Or so you'll
2: have a website. You have a
1: website show, that has pictures yeah. of what it is that you sell. So you don't need to use this Manhattan real estate app to tell people the obvious. And I think there's no better example than the restaurant industry. If you said, well, we want to, we want to specialize in seafood. We're a restaurant. We'll call it the seafood restaurant.
2: Absolutely. That way, people will know
1: they will know we
2: have seafood here.
1: And by the way, we have seafood. You know, and I have no idea. Do you, what kind of seafood? Do you have the most seafood? Do you have the best seafood? Do you have special? If you
2: want seafood, we have no, seafood. No. Do you get it? We just have
1: seafood. seafood. Yeah. In case you didn't get it. Yeah. We're the seafood place. Yeah. And as ridiculous as it sounds, you see there's some brands and brands that, by the way, have suffered because of this. Um, ones like Radio Shack. Ones like Linens and things mm-hmm. things besides Lenins. right and comp usa um, a bunch of computers that are all located in the united states of america and these brands become kind of blocked in and hedged in they're not based on attributes not based on how they do what they do but on what they do mm-hmm. so don't get caught in the trap of sounding like your product and there are ways to transcend that so you know everybody starts somewhere it doesn't mean you always have to completely change but there are Ways you can adapt. A great example is Minnesota mining and manufacturing. M M M. And so, what is that today? Three M. The Three M, the innovation company. Yes. So, if you don't get the cornerstone right, imagine they had just stuck to their guns mm-hmm. and they said, "You know, we're a company that's really about three things:
2: Minnesota mining and manufacturing."
1: Yes. So
2: mainly Minnesota.
1: Don't get that tape anywhere near me. No adhesives. We're not innovating. We're just basically mining.
2: In Minnesota.
1: In Minnesota. You know, Wisconsin is too far. (laughs) So they transcended that and aligned with an attribute. And they're one of the few companies that are clearly, clearly associated with innovation. Um, And then they just kind of created a little bit more condensed. You kind of overlook the fact that they're uh, in Minnesota. Nothing against anybody from Minnesota, we love Absol- you people. No.
2: Yeah, we're Midwesterners, yes. so you know, gotta God, stick together.
1: Us Midwesterners, God bless you. Okay, so you start by creating the foundation of your brand, your brand is the cornerstone and the name is the cornerstone of your brand and you align it with what we call your pivot point and that's that thing around which all your goods and services revolve. It's the genius of why you do what you do. It's your why, it's your how. Um, a couple of questions when people get into it, they go, okay, so I'm ready to name my product. What do I do? You've got to know why you're in business. You've got to know how you do business differently. And then you've got to ask some really basic questions. And on our brand development form, we ask a real simple one. Do you want to fit in with your industry? Sound like you belong? Or do you want to stand out and sound oddly different?
2: Well, I kind of want both.
1: I want both. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be the different just like all my friends is the famous Uh, teenage angst i want to be different just like
2: everyone why can't i
1: just be different like my friends yes um so we all have both needs we want to belong but we want to be differentiated and that's the classic you know struggle we have as individuals and as businesses but answering that question will really help inform your decision um and i think in different industries they lean different ways in the financial industry you don't want to be you know wahoo bank you know uh, with, right. with, with, with crazy orangey bouncy balls. Right. And internet companies though, I think can have more liberty to go there
2: if they will. I think, and I think too, a lot of it is, you know, staying true to what you actually are instead of, you know, dad wearing skinny jeans because right. he thinks, you know, not well, a this is the sight. trend, this is what people want. So, yes.
1: We'll find yeah. the yeah the naming trend. So I'll just right. I'll just wear the skinny pants like everybody else. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. I can
1: speak from personal experience that does not work. Don't try that theory. Yeah. So be true to yourself. Find your pivot point. And for financial firms, it's not wrong to sound like you belong. Right. I mean, if that's your identity, and and you want to be known for, you know, um, uh, reputation. You want to be known for trust and you don't want to sound like the new kid on the block. You don't want to sound like the latest thing that's come down the pike. Mm -hmm. You probably want to sound like, man, that sounds like a company that's been around a while. Right. Um, internet company, something that's more e-commerce driven might want to sound more differentiated. So do you want to, do you want to fit in? Do you want to stand out? So we had a company that came to us and they said, well, we want to stand out. We just, we're just, you know, you can't hit us with enough creative. And they did, they worked trade shows and they would create leads. They would engage clients on their behalf of their customers, um, make luggage tags and in exchange for this free luggage tag, give us information, they would qualify the lead. And then after the show, mm-hmm. while the client was free to just engage casually with a customer, they could then come back and say, you've got six really hot leads and here's why you should prioritize and go after these in this order. And their name was webtronics with an x.net.
2: That doesn't make sense to no, me because no. if they're at trade shows, they're not necessarily no. doing stuff. No, so they had stuff.
1: exactly pivoted, started in the web, pivoted, pivoted, pivoted. So they were completely Tronics. webtronics.net, Not because everybody glommed onto that .com right away. Mm-hmm. And, so, that, <laughs> that, was right, that was taken. right Dang after it. Yahoo and Google, webtronics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they said, we want a name that really speaks to our ability to to create um, leads and to capture leads. So I said, are you sure you want the most creative? This is, do you want to fit in or do you want to stand out? Oh, we want to stand out. So we came back and after we went through a series of names, we hit them with one that we said, okay, you've challenged us. Don't challenge us with uncreative.
3: Right?
2: That's right. a
1: losing proposition. So we hit them with the name quench, quench, satisfying the need for leads. And when we hit them with this and they said, we could not be creative enough. I heard this silence on the phone. Whoa. And then I heard, wow, that's, that, that is, that's strong. That's, that's really strong. I mean, well, you know, we wear Brooks Brothers suits when we go to these things. <laughs> and I feel like we should be in orange jumpsuits <laughs> and we should have Nerf balls and be shooting each other. <laughs> so again, so we dialed it back and in the end they became bright pipe, which is kind of middle, middle ground. It's it's yeah. not horribly, you know, standoutish, ish right. freakishly. It's not extremely conservative, but it was more their temperature. It met, it met with their needs. And it was like in managing intelligent lead flow, bright pipe. It was about intelligent lead flow management. So it's finding that. Um, so those are the k- kind of things you want to look for when you do it. You want to line it up and you want to create space around your name whenever possible. So the second question that I would look at after looking at do you want to fit in, do you want to stand out, either one. That you want to do is look at how much white space do you want around your name. A, a common trap that people have with the company name is loading it with keywords. Well, even though they have keywords and you think Google will see that you have the right keywords for your industry and they'll put you at the top, everyone's using those keywords. So ironically, yes. when you load your company name with keywords in your industry, you're now competing with tens if not hundreds of thousands of other sites in and out of your industry. What we recommend is creating unique and memorable names with white space. That means there's not a lot of noise around them. Mm -hmm. So when people type in your name, you're the only thing that you show up right at the top, they find you, you. And guess what? Nothing but you. Right. But when you use the descriptive literal watered down names, it brings up you and all of your competitors. If you can even get up there. Right. So it's counterintuitive, but you want to create things that are unique, differentiated, and compelling. We talked, um, I believe it was last week, about the four C's of brilliant branding. You want to be clear, you want to be concise, you want to be compelling, and you want to be consistent. So part of that clarity and part of that compelling is creating names. Whether Whether you want to sound like you belong in your industry, you can still be creative. Or stand out, you want to create clearly differentiated names. So we're going to be talking more on the other side of the rest of these five incredible ingredients to building your brilliant brand name. Um, If you want to join us, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tungsten Branding. Or follow us on the Twitters at Tungsten Brand. Or Instagram. um, Or Instagram.
2: At Tungsten Brand. At
1: Tungsten Brand on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We're we're hitting on all three cylinders.
2: Exactly. This morning.
1: And you can always go to our website, tungstenbranding.com, look under insights and check out our plethora of articles on brilliant branding. We'll be right back on the other side of the commercial break and look forward to creating more enlightened moments.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at TungstenBranding.com for your free quote. That's TungstenBranding.com.
3: Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome Yes, to more Brilliant Branding. We're talking today about the five key components to uh, creating a solid brand Um, so that you don't jump in if you're new to business, if you're just getting started and you think, I guess all I need is what, like a name?
2: Right, and And just kind of throwing one together. Let's
1: throw one together. Let's see if it's available in our state. And yeah, it is, oh my goodness.
2: Not really thinking it through. I think it's important to, you know, roll out with something that is clear,
1: concise. concise. Compelling, compelling and consistent, consistent yes. the four C's of brilliant branding. Yes So when you have that the, the beauty of that is you don't look back I mean when I meet these people and I do these naming and branding seminars the people that have had identity issues with their brand They're pained. Yes, they'll say well, here's here's what I've done I've created this company name and I go well, it sounds like I know everybody thinks that but that's not what we really do. Well, it's what we did six years ago you know and so now we're doing you know we the company Remember the company we had here in town that air vent exteriors they bent metal they made vents Mm -hmm. for hvac you know venting air conditioning systems well that kind of parlayed into well if we can bend sheet metal we can make roofing if we can make roofing we can make these four seasonal rooms and then it was like we can make these exterior rooms out of sheet metal and then we'll make all season rooms but they kept this legacy name, and now they had air vent exteriors. Right. So it, it created, and they've had to, and you can overcome it. It's just going to cost you. Pay me now or pay me later, Yeah. other famous tagline. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're having to overcome that by spending a substantial amount. Of money. So we're hoping that by listening and learning best practices, you'll avoid these pitfalls and you've got kind of the razor's edge mm-hmm. you hear this so uh, we've talked about the company name the importance it's the cornerstone of your business it should start people in the right direction it doesn't have to be literal it doesn't have to be descriptive it should be memorable mm-hmm. and when people hear it, they go oh it sounds like you guys kind of are good at this or you specialize at that it might speak to a quality or the way you do it, or it sounds like tungsten you guys sound like you are bright or a blight bulb or Yes, we bring clarity to people in their business. So it doesn't have to take them down the path of your product. Even if it takes them down the path of your attribute, that's almost a better place to start. We do things intelligently or with insight or with care or with innovation. Now, for all you people that are panic stricken and go, well, then what if they don't get what I do? That's where what we call the literal company descriptor phrase comes in. And I didn't used to believe in this. We used to create brands and say, you don't have to be that literal. But now I've, I've dialed that back a little, Liz. So I've gotten older and wiser.
2: Right. And this is, this is not the tagline. This,
1: this is, the tagline. is not the tagline. So this is part two. It's called a descriptor phrase. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll, you'll get the difference here in a second. Right. Uh, the descriptor phrase is basically as clearly and as concisely and consistently as possible. What is it that you actually do? Here's where you just state it. And the beauty of this is you can state clearly what you do, knowing that because it's not your name now, mm-hmm. it's not welded into your identity, you can drop it later.
2: Training wheels.
1: Just like training wheels. Training wheels Tell your until your bike gets going, you've got this, your scripture is perfectly, Liz, it's awesome, training wheels. The other one I think of is when you pour wet cement, you put formwork in place.
2: Right, yes. And it
1: holds this identity in place until it sets up. And then when it becomes like concrete, you don't need those pieces of wood on the side. You can just kick them off. And there's probably no better example than a very little known company called Apple Computers Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And that was their legal name for the majority of time that they've been in business. They've been known as Apple Computers. Now that seems oddly out of touch, doesn't it? Yes. You know, Apple, like the computer company.
2: Right, yeah. You know? Computers just honestly seem I know, old. it's kind of
1: like phones. Yeah. Apple computer and phone equipment.
2: Yeah. I don't want to think about computers. I want to think about the technology. Yeah, So
1: now they just kind of quietly, I guess it's probably been four or five years ago, quietly just dropped that.
2: Another Apple link.
1: Yes. It's almost like so this rocket's taking off. It got them there. You know, Apple computers. Sound effects, Liz. Come on.
2: <laughs> Where's our soundboard? We need one of those
1: this is us. where we need Coco here. She's, I know. She's in our Charleston office. We need
2: a laugh track. We laugh need track. An applause track. She does all
1: that for us.
2: We need like a horn or something.
1: Yes, <laughs> maybe not a horn. And then it dropped <laughs> too much, too far. So this kind of booster rocket gets you up there. Apple, computer. <laughs> so people go, oh, I look up. There it is. It's computer. And then all of a sudden that drifts off. Mm-hmm. And now it's just Apple. Another great example of that is when I was a youngin. Um, there was a company and it was called Midas mufflers. And there was, I would say equal weight in the brand identity between Midas and the word mufflers. Mm -hmm. It was Midas mufflers. And they had a guy out front. Um, like a, it was almost like Elias brothers, big boy. There was a guy that held a big muffler. I mean, it was campy, it was corny and he stood out front and he had a great big muffler in his hand. Well, once you get people in their car to, to go up and you're, Constantly looking, they're inevitably going to say, "Well, is there anything else wrong with my car?" Well, your brakes could use some work. So there was so much demand for it, and they did a good job. So they, you know, Midas, the Midas touch, Mm -hmm. the great metaphor of a name. Remember, it's about attributes, and Midas is not what they do, but how they do it. Mm -hmm. They do it with with the Midas touch, the golden touch, gold standard.
2: Yeah.
1: So Midas changed to Midas mufflers and brakes. And then eventually it became Midas Mufflers, Brakes, and Shocks. And the next step was to be Midas Mufflers, Brakes, Shocks, and then name every other car part, which would have been very, very long.
2: And tires.
1: Tires, yeah. And, uh, yeah, brake lines. Horns, horns upholstery. <laughs> no. So they finally went, ah, I get where this is going. This is all about car care.
2: Ah, so the now big yeah,
1: Let's just call it Midas Auto Care. Yes. So now I think it's even gone shorter. Most people simply know it as Midas. Midas. Yeah. And the the pivot point, and this is a great illustration of what we talked about earlier. The pivot point is they've built that brand on the Midas touch. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they could expand and it wouldn't be like, wait a minute. You know, I think there's a, com- a competitor out there. You know, it's probably Muffler City USA. Right. Really right. hard for them to do. What Midas has been able to do.
2: I wonder if Midas knew originally that, you know, they started off with a really great name and they
1: had. Maybe they just was like, man, this name's way better than we thought
0: it was. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And then they could easily just drop the muffler and it was fine because Midas was really the name. Yes. Midas was really the brand. It wasn't Midas mufflers. Right.
1: And they didn't make it about mufflers.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: They
1: were smart enough to realize that they need to lean on the attribute of quality care. And if you give quality car care, you get more margin.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're not the cheapest place in town, um, but then they're able to create more margin. The descriptor phrases, again, are like the the forms around the concrete. They hold the, the, the principle of your business, what business, the what of your business in place until it's obvious to people. Um, sometimes the company name should actually fall and become the descriptor phrase. I think sometimes if you look at it, so I was writing a children's young adult novel and I went to a writing seminar and they said, you know what we tell most people to do, take the first chapter of the book and just get rid of it. Cause people just kind of intro intro, and blah, 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 blah. And they don't get to it until Mm -hmm. the second chapter. They said, try your book starting the second chapter. People freaked out. But then when they read it, they go, actually it's much better. (laughs) I kind of, you know, it makes more sense. Right. So, We had a client and we'll talk about them because on a number of levels, um, what we're talking about today, uh, they were able to utilize and they were called wholesale landscape supply. And it was, again, very literal, very descriptive, but so literal that people didn't know. I think we mentioned this in a previous show. People started buying that were not wholesale anymore and it was becoming problematic for them. So we created a different name for them. We created the name Big Earth. Big Earth because what they were really about was providing things in volume. Mm -hmm. So it was Big Earth, but then their former name, the beauty of it is it didn't really go away. Big Earth, Wholesale (laughs) Landscape Supply. So that kind of fell in, and that is an example of a literal um, descriptor phrase. That you keep in there as long as you need it. Mm -hmm. So there's your descriptor phrase. For us, it's tungsten company naming and branding. Right. So when people want to know the full, what's the full Monty? Mm -hmm. It's it's tungsten branding, you know, company naming and branding consultants, and we're wired for brilliance. Yeah. So there's the full dress out. That that segues nicely into the next one, which is what most people put their emphasis on. That's the actual tagline. Right. So if the company name, think of it as a boat. You're gonna go on on a lake, and there's all these boats out on the lake. It's the vessel itself. That construct, that ship, is your brand. What what your tagline should do is it should be the rudder to your brand. It should be the thing that determines where you're going.
2: Away from the hurricane.
1: Away from the hurricane, hopefully. (laughs) Out to sea, way out to sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Way out from the hard winds. So you'll see all these ships, and if you look at them, some are moving slow, some are spinning, some are in the doldrums, some don't know where they're going, and some are on task. They've put their... Their centerboard down, they've put that rudder in, and they're moving, and you can tell from the way that they have put that rudder in um, what direction they're going. They're steering that ship, and they're saying, this is our boat, but here's where we're going. So the company tagline is also sometimes referred to as a positioning statement. Sure, you cook food at a restaurant, but how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, sure, you're a consultant in technology, but what kind of consultant? How are you differentiated in your space? Um, I think some classic ones. Nike is probably the most well-known in that they just said, here's how we do our brand. We say, just do it. So it doesn't say Nike um, commercial shoe fabricators or you know <laughs> athletic shoemakers. It says, just do it, which speaks to their how, their rudder. Which is it's a lifestyle, it's athleticism. Right. It's dedication. It's commitment. And if you believe in these things, if you align with us, if you feel the same way we do about being a sport,
3: mm-hmm.
1: being a, an athlete, then come join us. And and in joining us, you're gonna buy our products. So again, that is an example. We've done a few ourselves here internally that I think really prove <clears throat> excuse me, the point. There was a group that was doing it was working with kids that were disadvantaged and they they were looking for help to get scholarships and all kinds of things that would help make a difference in their lives and get them into school. And we branded this company College Spring. Mm-hmm. Spring in the sense of like a coil. And so the tagline became very supportive of that position. What do you mean, college spring? It could be a fountain, it could be the the spring is a season. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by, it clarifies it more by saying college spring potential made possible. And the logo has a coil in it. So it's this idea that there is this coiled, you know, compact potential energy in youth that could be unleashed, could spring forward. It could. And so the tagline, three words, it's succinct, it's concise, and it speaks and supports to the conversation. What college spring? What do you mean? Well, at College Spring, we believe that there's potential in kids, and we make that possible.
2: Right. Powerful.
1: It's powerful. So it's um, another group came to us, and they were going to go with the name Readior because they had the rights to Dr. Seuss online, and we convinced them to go with the name Early Moments because it was really about the child and parent bonding experience. The tagline we created was sharing the gift of reading. Right. So very much, how are we different? We're not just reading or books galore, you know? <laughs>
2: right, right, <laughs> you right. You know, like, okay.
1: that's what I want. I just want dead trees on my table, right, you know? Right, um, It's early moments. It's that time that you spend with your child, and you're sharing that gift of reading. Yeah. Very emotive.
2: Act- yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Very different, and Big Earth, who kept the literal descriptor phrase, wholesale landscape supplies, has the tagline, our name speaks volumes, so.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Very much, so you can see, think of it almost like a pyramid of stack at the, at the apex, at the top is the name, right underneath that is the descriptor phrase, a little wider is the is the tagline. So that kind of gives you a look at how those two pieces fit in place, and once in a blue moon, and it's not every day, this is like hitting that uh, hole-in-one golf shot, I'm asked, well, can't you do one that combines both? It's a descriptor phrase, but it's also a tagline. And like everything else, there's always the one case that proves the rule, mm-hmm. the exception that proves the rule. Once in a while, you can create one that combines them. So we named a company, um, Park Place, um, it connotes this idea of almost that monopoly feeling of richness park place. I think there's places in New York that are known as park Avenue. Um, and it's literally a place to park and they do garage conversions. So their tagline became park place, the ultimate garage space. So in that you have a positioning, your positioning, which is a tagline, ultimate. You also have a little bit of the literal garage space. And you also have a rhyme, park place, the ultimate garage space. So so you're using some linguistic tricks there, right? We talk about that quite a bit, how to use that linguistic candy to really make it stick. So once in a while you can meld the two, um, but it's probably more realistic to just build it out with the name, the literal descriptor phrase. That gives you that kind of security blanket.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I know, at least for a while, my first set of business cards, at least, I'm going to put down exactly what we do, Mm -hmm. and then I'll put how we do it. Uh, Tungsten, company naming and branding, wired for brilliance. So we're getting ready to uh, take a break here. So we do want to invite you to join our conversation. Uh, If you have questions, if you're struggling with something maybe in your own business, you've got a point of clarity that you feel like you're always struggling with, people don't get you. Feel free to reach out to us. You can always send us an email, info at tungstenbranding.com. Follow us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash tungstenbranding. And again, on Twitter and Instagram at tungstenbrand. And be sure to check out our website, tungstenbranding.com, filled with insights. Go to insights and you will see lots of insights, both in terms of articles, um, the, the podcast itself, And other resources that will help you build your brand and build it brilliantly. So on the other side of the hour, we're going to look at the last couple of components that go into a a comprehensive, fully featured brand identity. And when you have all five of these, you're going to be able to go to market with, uh, with great confidence and great clarity. We're so glad you joined us today. Spread the word. And we'll talk to you here on the other side of the commercial break.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote that's tungstenbranding.com tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Back. To Brilliant Brandy, we always, we didn't do this, we failed to do this at the top of the hour, but we always mm-hmm. give a shout out to Tacey, our executive producer, mm-hmm. executive, emphasis on executive producer, and Aaron, the guy in the steam room shoveling the coal, <laughs> the <laughs> thankless job, probably no windows, <laughs> making us sound great, checking volume. so yeah. shout out to Voice America for all your great work week in and week out. Yes. Um, we finished the last segment talking about both the descriptor phrase um, so that, you know, that's your little Linus security blanket, mm-hmm. right? Oh my God. What if they don't know what I'm doing? Right. I don't know. You've got a restaurant and you're on the interstate and it, you know, right. and there's, it looks like, you know, you deliver food. Um, you've got a huge six ton pizza on a pole. I would think that they would figure out your pizza restaurant. Right. So you don't have to call everything, you know, the pizza place or Lennon's and things or Radio Shack or Comp USA. You could do that. Tagline is, um, tells people how you do what you do, but it's that descriptor phrase where feel free to say, you know, we're, we're a pizza place, we, we do what we do. Right. Um, Liz, you saw an interesting tagline, matter of fact, this yes. week. A, a new one that was just announced.
2: Right, so L.L. Um, Bean is actually, well, I found it interesting, the article that I was reading was because, um, and a lot of companies are needing to do this now is going back to their roots, going back to that, you know, what we talk about is creating a brand and having, you know, the authenticity from the beginning of who you are, what you stand for. And so LLB decided they're going to go back to their roots and um, what they started off with. And they came up with a tagline, be an outsider, which really um, pivoted around, you know, it's pivoting around this idea of, Let's, you know, let's get outside. Let's be outside. And also, like, be an outsider. Like, be...
1: Be your own be individual. Different.
2: Be your own, be your own individual. Find your own adventure. Exactly. And, it, you know, and what I like about it is that it, you know, I feel like the tagline is almost another um, place to communicate uh, your your attributes and what you're set out to do and mm-hmm. be as a company right. and you know you have your name but I feel like a tagline is another place for you to almost reiterate that in maybe more words or a phrase so and, be yeah. an outsider and also I mean it's also clever because it's be an outsider
1: which spells bean bean
2: yes and it was interesting uh, I saw one of their commercials and it was um this uh man and he was coming out of this cabin and he was looking at his welcome mat he Was coming outside and his kids were out there, and he kind of thought for one moment and he flipped the welcome mat around so almost as to say, Welcome to the outside. Uh, clever, I mean, it was just so. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that's that you didn't emotive, have to say much exactly. Yes, you didn't have to connection. say much, and it's like, you know, it's not about LL being and you know, oh, we're backpacks and we're boots and we're that, we are our products, it's about right. we are about the outside we're about the experiencing the outdoors about getting outside and just so happens that you can
1: wear yes and, and to do that successfully you need our product you need
2: our product <laughs> it
1: should almost be that way like and by the way buy our product to do this overarching wonderful thing that you are highly motivated to do yes you know right
2: so if, yeah, yeah
1: right because L.L. Bean had kind of fallen in the trap of being just a good brand name known for quality merchandise. right? And so it sounds like they're trying to get back in touch with their authenticity to make the brand more transcendent yes, and more immune then yes. to kind of the ups and downs of, oh, well, somebody's selling another competitive product that's quality online you right? Know, to get Amazon Abs- exactly. to out of the business.
2: Exactly, so really building up that brand.
1: Yes, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fortify you today with five great anchor points for your brand. And that's a very good lead-in to a a very highly visible part of your brand, which is your logo in your logo. Now, this could be a show in itself, Mm -hmm. which we promise in the future. It shall be. Yes. But for today's purposes, we're in the context of what do you need to really create this total brand identity? We've talked about the name to phrase the tagline the thing that goes with that these are the the deliverables that we usually launch a brand with Mm -hmm. that we give to a client who's going to to market Um, and so much can be said about a logo but I'm gonna get down to the basics of it and talk about the role the logo should serve not all the ways that you can make one and And dissect colors and psychological testing of the color red to stimulate hunger and all that nuanced stuff that people get into. Mm -hmm. We're talking about what role does the logo serve? And if you think of your brand as a story and a story is like a play, um, the logo is just one more actor. So I think both the tagline and the logo are like supporting actors Mm -hmm. with the lead actor being the name. And it gives a visual element and another anchor point in your brain to recall you. So we recall things in a different part of our brain verbally. Um, and then we we recall things, they plant things in our brain differently when we see it visually. So it's another opportunity to anchor and, and create multiple points in the brain. Um, so we're going to kind of like squid your brain here. It's like an octopus. We're going to wrap your brain with our brand. And you're going to remember us, doggone it. (laughs) And so, so what should the logo really do? It's another anchor point. So therefore, it should support your overall messaging. And what I see a lot of is just these trends towards these kind of like, well, let's just create circles or let's interlock boxes or let's just create something that looks cool. But why? But why? It, right. There's no point. doesn't further the conversation. It yeah. looks believable. Right. You go, Ah, oh, it looks like a logo. Well, I guess
2: we need to have a logo. So we'll just, yeah, it looks very, just have yes. Times New Roman font. Like right. we got to do something. So.
1: Um, or it looks corporate. Um, <laughs> or uh, people will go, that's believable. Well, it's, again, if you just want to fit and be believable, that passes the test. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like logos that support the messaging. And, terms of, of what it's saying. And we'll get into that here in a second. It should also increase the memorability um, and the ability to recall it. So you should go, Oh, I, that logo is, Oh, I know what company that is. And you know, again, the smash up of circles and boxes and stuff really doesn't always make you think, wow, mm-hmm. I re- I remember these guys. It should be simple. Logos should be very simple. And that goes back to our the four C's of brilliant branding and being succinct. And that succinct translates to simplicity in logo design. You don't throw the kitchen sink at your logo. Um, when I was working out of Florida, there was a, a bank sign I went by. It was a small independent bank, I believe, and I think it was called St. Pete Bank. And I just had to almost stop my car to take a picture <laughs> because this logo had, no joke, it had a pelican, it had a sun, the sunset. It had a beach and it had a palm tree. So when I got back, I, I pulled out a phone book. This is years ago. I pulled a phone book out and I opened it up. And most of these companies could only afford like a small inline ad. Yeah. So the ad was in black and white and it was the size of about a half an inch tall. That logo and it was reduced down was just a blob of ink. It was I, and I knew that was going to happen. I went back and it was just, and I'm well, thinking. It's not
2: a logo; it's a mural. No,
1: it was basically a mural. It was the Pelicans' Last Supper. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and you just know everybody. Well, you know, we're more than just Pelicans. You know, we're beaches and we're trees and, and we're
2: sunsets.
1: I'm I'm not happy. There's no seagulls in it. Um, so that's not it. It's not a compilation of and and, and again. That's based again on geography. It mm-hmm. doesn't say. why do I don't want to bank with you because you're close to a beach? You know? Right. Um, so the best logos are also smart. They have thought in them. If you look at the FedEx logo, mm-hmm. and I did not realize this at first, it's when you get these brilliant aha moments and you go the reverse space, or what they call the negative space, the white space in the yeah. FedEx logo, yes. it's actually an arrow
3: mm-hmm.
1: showing moving forward.
2: And now you will never look at it the same. You will
1: just look at it and be mesmerized. Mm-hmm. So it, it shows that people have slowed down, given it thought, and created a a lot of intentionality around that logo in in order to support what is the message that the name is making what is the message in the tagline and how can the logo then support that not and that's why sometimes when people say oh uh, this is a great name but don't help me with the logo because i've got a graphic designer Mm -hmm. graphic designers will sometimes be in the silo of just creating things that are graphically cool they're trendy it's what's hot these are the colors but it doesn't always support your brand, message, or platform. So make sure that your logo connects with your message and your platform. And it's not just a cool logo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, simplicity, you go back to when mobile, before it was mobile Exxon or ExxonMobil, It just was basically a Helvetica logo. It was blue and it had a red O. I mean, it was simple. It was iconic. It was memorable. Uh, Amazon has the smile,
3: mm-hmm.
2: if you look at it. Right.
1: Slash arrow. Mm-hmm. Very kind of a, almost a winky kind of like very friendly, makes them look approachable. Um, and they didn't, you know, have a logo that's comprised of every product they sell online contained in a microchip yeah. in the no. eye. You right? No. No. So try to keep the colors down in your logo to 2 at most. And again, there's always exceptions to the rule. Like Google uses a number of colors, but if for practical purposes, simplicity and simplicity and communicate. The other thing too is you want people to associate you with something. Well, it's easier to associate you with one color and max 2 than to associate you with a bunch of colors. Right. Definitely avoid gradients and all these screens. They fall apart when you shrink them it might really look cool you've got drop shadows those are kind of they seem cool but sometimes they come across as amateurish yeah um so that if you look at the biggest brands in the world a lot of them use simple fonts helvetica
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but they'll, they'll create just a tweak uh that that's, that differentiates them so here's a practice i like to encourage clients to do i go before you go crazy with that logo the pelicans right? And the, on oh, the dolphin jumping on the water in the yeah. background, Yeah. shrink that logo down to a very small size, put it on a copier and run it out in black and white.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And can you make it out? You know, does it make sense? And ideally the logo should trigger the whole brand identity package. When you see it, they should, people should get the, Oh, those guys. And when I say that it's grandiose to think you're going to do that globally but it should be for your target audience. People in your industry should recognize you just from your logo. We have the tungsten light bulb.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: when they see it, they should think of all the companies that are naming and branding. Oh, those are those wire, tungsten, light bulb people. And that's what we look for. The final thing, and this is really more of a functional thing, but it's still necessary, yes. this is your your bodyguard. So you've got this cool brand and you bring in the bouncer. Yes, And your bouncer yeah. to your brand. who stands guard over it is your brand style guide. And why do you want one? If you're a one-person business, you've got total control, you probably don't need one. Mm -hmm. But a brand style guide, all this work you've done in creating the messaging, the brand voice, how you want it to go out, you know what it is, you've got it inside, you get that out of you and onto paper Mm -hmm. and create a brand style guide that says, this is our logo, this is the font we use, and this is how I want it to stack. Uh, otherwise when it gets out of your hands, it's gonna get tortured until it confesses. It'll be waterboarded by the printer um, It won't fit in a box So they'll just stretch it or they'll substitute another font out or they'll change the color a little bit So it adds one of our C's back in we go back to What is our C? Cons- consistency. consistency Yes, so it's clear concise compelling consistent the brand style guide keeps the consistency in place it specifies your font type the exact colors I
2: it think it's everyone on board too especially yes. when you add the you know, team the members voice elements and sort of like new hires yeah how this is this is who we are. this is our platform, you know this is how we work and function.
1: I think a great example of that is in our own if we didn't have brand voice, I would be talking one language and saying we have enlightened solutions. we illuminate your thinking with insight. we use brilliance and clarity for the bright solutions. And somebody comes in there just so energetic to work here at Tungsten, they say, we have electrifying results and we have high voltage answers. We try yeah. to stay amped up every day here at Tungsten. Yeah, And it's right. the same name, it's the same logo, but the voice is so different that you go, these guys are schizophrenic. You know, it's like an episode, it's like watching Split,
3: mm-hmm. you know?
1: So brand style guides are essential when the name and logo will be shared beyond those under your immediate control. That's, that applies to franchisers, franchisees, printers, especially advertising groups. So I know this is a power pack segment, which is why you want to tell all your friends to tune in every week, set the dial.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, We'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, But by reviewing and ticking off these boxes, you'll create a comprehensive brand strategy that will engage, enlighten, and inform your existing and potential customers without relying on your name alone to do all the work. So join us each week for these tips, techniques, And strategies that will illuminate your thinking and brighten your outlook. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you back next
0: week. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.